Hi everyone, welcome to the Coach Your Podcast. Really appreciate it. if you're a new listener or a returning listener. Here's what we have lined up for you on this episode. I want to make sure that it's a pair that makes the team better, not not worse. Because when you when you're giving different instructions, when you're not on the same page, players get upset, players get frustrated. It, it it's just no good. I think of it as a coaching team is you've got to have the same philosophy but different ideas. So the same vision about what you want to accomplish, how you want to conduct yourself, how you want your team to play, how you want your team to train, but then different ideas of how to accomplish that and you can bounce ideas off each other. In this episode, we speak to Yasir Pasta. Yasir recently completed his B licence and is well on the way in his coaching journey. We look to discuss the issues around coaching as a pair, the complexities of it, and how we can tackle these. Hi, Yasir. Um, thanks for coming on to the Coach Your Podcast. Brilliant, brilliant to have you on. I uh, really appreciate you giving your time up for us. Um, be interesting some of the stuff we're going to um, on this, this episode around coaching as a pair with a leading assistant or two coaches working together. Uh, just really briefly, mate, if you could just give us a little bit of a rundown of you and where you're at at the minute and where you've kind of come from, um, and then we'll delve into it. Well, uh, I started coaching when I was 18. Uh, it was about seven years ago. Um, never actually played. Well, I had, a, I had a very short career. I played three games for my primary school B team. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Cool. But uh, I started coaching uh, just as a hobby, as a side thing. thought I'd try it out years down the line it turns out I love it um I, I don't know how to describe it it's just so exciting for me the competition every single week trying to figure out problems when there's no clear solution so it's been seven years and now I've decided I want to make it my career so I've just wrapped up my UFB actually um just finished a season at Loughborough Uni and now I'm uh, speaking with a few uh step five six seven clubs about joining them and that's, yeah, that's where I am right now. Okay, no, brilliant. Um, so just give us a little bit of a, a rundown in terms, because I know the UEFA B has changed a lot over the years. Um, what was kind of the concept of it over the year or two you've been on the course? So, so I, I think a good way to, to look at the, the courses in hindsight is, I think level one is an introduction to session design and delivery. It's the basics of that. Level two is an introduction to player development. And then the UEFA B is an introduction to coaching tactics. So it's not like a sort of, it doesn't exactly build on the previous course. It just introduces you to new things. And if you want to progress, then that's going to be self-directed learning. So with the UEFA B, we uh, talked about, what well, we learned about um, in your sessions, you know, coaching uh, a, a primary player and a primary unit within your sessions. You might have a specific scenario playing out from the back. You might be primarily focused on your centre-backs and your keeper, for example. And it's about giving very specific information, very specific detail uh, of what to do. Um, so you have the, the who, what, where, when, why and how, um, what exactly to do. So it gets, it gets you thinking quite, quite specifically about what you want each player to do and how that comes together to create um, something that is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. No. Brilliant. That, that kind of leads on nicely in terms of that detail and stuff. And so again, like going back to the topic of of this episode, we're going to talk about how do we coach effectively as a pair. 
Uh, and again, we we at Courtshot, we've done a couple of blogs on this, which would be interesting to kind of pick that apart as well. Um, but just from the start, yes, um, in regards to kind of your environment and your experience, what does kind of utopia best practice look like with a lead coach and assistant working together? Well, um, first and foremost, I don't want to start on a negative, but first and foremost, you have to make things better and not worse. So you can't, um, you can't be conflicting in front of the players. You can't be in conflict. You can't be arguing during sessions, um, during games. So first and foremost, you want to make sure that it's a pair that makes the team better, not, not worse. Because when, you, when you're giving different instructions, when you're not on the same page, players get upset, players get frustrated. It, it, it's just no good. So first and foremost, you need to make sure that the pair is actually working for the betterment of the team. Yeah, I, really um, like that. I really like that. Oh, you've kind of put that across. No, go on, yes. Yeah. So there's a few different ways you can work. And I would say, what's the best way to work? I mean, it's like asking what's the best way for a striker to play. Depends on your strengths. You know, if you're Diego Costa, you're going to play as a target man. If you're Phil Foden, you're going to play as a false nine. If you're Vardy, you're going to play on the shoulder. You've got to play to your strengths. So I'd say in, in, in the same way that you might have one that's really good at leading a session. Um, and this is how it worked with my, my last um, position is, you know, I might lead sessions and I might view the tactical picture. So I might be coaching five, six players at once. And then what's great is my assistant coach would come in and he would just focus on individuals. And that meant he could get the technical details across. So that's, yeah. that's one way you have a big picture guy and a small picture guy, one focusing on the tactical, one focusing on the technical. Uh, another way might be, um, let's say, you, have, you know, you might be two, you might be like an ex-defender and an ex-striker. You know, you might have expertise in different areas of pitch. Um, and so one might work with the back line and, and the CDM. The other, another one might work with the forwards and, and the attacking midfielders. Uh, because you've got that knowledge um, of the position responsibilities and, and the exact details. You're talking about body shape and movements and all of that thing, all of that sort of thing. Um, a, qu a quite common thing is um, now is is like, for example, the England um, youth teams have like an in possession and out of possession coach. A lot of academies are taking that up as well. So you kind of be opposing if you're working on, let's say, the focus of the session is playing out from the back. And you have your intercession coach working with, with that group, uh, the keeper, the back yeah. four, or some midfielders. You might also have an out of possession coach working on the pressing team. And that might, means that they don't sort of, they get some benefit from the session. They're not just sort of just press while I focus on the in possession team. For me personally, what I like the most is I like, I want to get the right detail across. So I like, I like having um, assistant coaches that work specific specific units or specific players on the pitch because it just you can make sure that every player gets the right amount of information in a session there's no player that's been getting too much so there's no players just turning up just for a runabout they're all getting something that would develop them yeah no brilliant <clears throat> have you ever been in a situation where i'm not saying there was an argument between you and a coach but that kind of conflict in opinions in front of the players or in front of the group? Yeah. Well, um, I think um, planning is really, really important. Yeah. And I think if, you, if, if the two of you are planning together on what you want to get across from the session, um, then, then that's great. But what, what can happen is sometimes you might work with a coach who's not 
so interested in in spending that time in planning and then so for example i remember doing a session on, on pressing um specifically pressing a team that's playing up from the back and then one of another coach is telling the in possession team you can just hear it long sometimes i'm like no 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 we want to create a scenario for the pressing team to press the back line so that that's happened uh, and i've had it where coaches are arguing with me on the pitch um yeah and that that yeah that made the, that's an example of the team becoming worse because of it i mean in that in that first example a player specifically he was like what the hell do you want me to do you know you're telling me different things he was he was annoyed um so yeah i think you've got to you've got to be i think see the way i i like to think of it as a, as a coaching team is you've got to have the same philosophy but different ideas so the same vision about what you want to accomplish how you want to conduct yourself how you want your team to play how you want your team to train but then different ideas of how to accomplish that and you can bounce ideas off each other and, and learn from each other but the vision has to be in line always that's really good and how how would you kind of work on that vision in in kind of conjunction with your assistant again i know you go through meetings but in terms of them conversations what do they look like and what do they sound like well um i think it's it's that it's that first meeting really um kind of have an informal chat you get to know what each other's about ideally you know you get to pick your assistant coach if you're a head coach sometimes in some environments you're not going to get to do that so then it's just about uh, meeting and and coming to an understanding of how how things are going to work i think you've just got to be as a as a head coach you've just got to be clear on where you're firm and where you're flexible so you know yeah. i would say yeah so we're here for this outcome you know either we're here to win or we're here to play development or we're here for participation and fun um you know that i'm not going to change you know um if if it's a grassroots team i'll say look you know we're going to we're going to encourage players we're not going to we're going to let them make mistakes and we're going to let them have fun and we're going to give everyone game time and we're not going to shout players if it's a, if it's a winning environment that's going to be totally different so i'm going to be very clear on it from from the first meeting yeah. about this is what what this is going to be fixed this is how things are going to be um i think most of the time it's it's not really um i want to say it's very difficult uh, obviously an assistant coach coming into work with a head coach he's going to listen to you you know he's going to nine times out of 10 he or she will listen to you and think okay yep yeah, all right that's cool let's uh, let's do it yeah i think it, i think it's really interesting <clears throat> the point you make because i've been in environments in the past where you can go in and i think when you have more control of the environment and then the assistant coming in or the, the member of staff coming in to help almost it's kind of fit this <clears throat> fit this method prove that you can work to these kind of guidelines and then once there's almost like a trust there you can start to explore experiment and take it to kind of different levels and add your ideas in whereas that's also seen the other side where there's always been a thing of like give people autonomy but i think if you give people autonomy straight away sometimes you're almost taking a direction you don't want it to go mm-hmm. and looking at kind of academy football again being environments where staff change every year in academies so then suddenly the philosophy changes over and over and over again and then suddenly you've got no kind of continuity with players and parents and kind of what what they're thinking whereas i feel like if you have a couple of mainstay people within that 
that kind of organisation. It's important that they really staple down what it is, like you said, mm-hmm. the, the common trend that's going through. And then, like you said, really good what you said there about it's almost like <clears throat> the same philosophy, but with different ideas. I really mm-hmm. like that idea. And like I said, it's adding your, the other thing I was going to add was like your personality to it. Mm. I think that's, yeah. I think, but again, I think it goes back to where we're going to go with it now. And <clears throat> it leads into a blog we did recently around kind of coaching the pen. We broke into three things around trust, ego, and challenge. <clears throat> and we felt like the trusting to start with was a, a massive thing to build between, like I said, you and your assistant. Um, and again, it might kind of catch you off a little off guard a little bit here, yes, but what does trust kind of look like in your environment mm. between you and your assistant? Well, um, I think in, in any relationship, you've got to have a, that connection with someone. And I think that's, that's sort of the first thing you look for when making friends, when, you know, when, when you're dating or whatever, is, is you want to have a connection with that person that could be anything really. So the best relationships are for, with your assistant coach is, is when, you, when you're both that passionate about football. Maybe you're both passionate about play development maybe you're both passionate about about tactics about a style of play so when you have that connection that's great and that's for, for, for me that's been when it's when it's easiest when it's just natural my, my last assistant coach um silver um he, he, we were just amazed at how alike we were in, in our ideas we're both very passionate and very intense had a lot of similar um philosophies um I think there was actually a point when uh, our captain actually sent each of us a message um, about something that happened in game and we responded and without realizing he pretty much gave like the same three four five points yeah <laughs> and then we found out and we we're just like wow like we're we're exactly like each other so that's that's always just the best thing you know you look forward to working with each other but if you don't have that then you've got to find a personal connection maybe it's a personality or maybe it's a it's just a hobby or something else that you're interested in. maybe you're interested in food maybe you want to go what was it um Monsieur Pochettino and Daniel Levy went uh, kayaking together in Argentina yeah. or something. So, yeah, just finding that sort of connection where, okay, if, you, if maybe you don't necessarily enjoy each other's philosophies, but, but you, maybe you don't enjoy necessarily working with each other, but you enjoy seeing each other and that brings positivity to it. Nice. I really like that. And then take, can I go back to that relationship you had with your assistant? Where does that then cross into the over the boundary of like them challenging you and kind of your philosophy and how you maybe design a session or what you're planning for the next couple of weeks? Was there ever cases where because you've now got that trust and that relationship that they threw new ideas on the table or like I said, they, they challenged some of the things you were trying to put on paper? Yeah, well, I, I think um, planning, spend time planning. See, as a, as a head coach, I will consult my assistant coaches on everything. Um, I, I've worked for a head coach where you just turn up, you find out what's going on, and it's like, okay, we're moving cones around. That's just not the way to work. I've always, everything, um, every single decision, tactics, selection, uh, uh, session topics, programs, drills, everything is always planned together. So uh, it's, I, th- I think, an assistant coach, there's a difference between being treated like an assistant and an assistant coach. Yeah. And I think when you're treated like an assistant coach, like you're a part of the process, uh, you'll appreciate that a lot more. You'll enjoy it a lot more. You'll want to contribute a lot more. So I think just, just asking them 
what, what they think of different things and having that conversation um, is, is massive, is massive. Um, and then that, that invites new ideas when you ask them. And over the first two, three, four weeks, you know, particularly over the first two weeks, you kind of get an impression of what somebody's about in any sort of environment. So in that first two weeks, if it's like, oh, he's asking me about this, 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 you know, we're working on everything together, that's going to set a good tone for the season. No, I really like that. So just to go back again to you, say it's kind of you've brought this relationship and this kind of way of working out of the poor experience for you. So again, go back to kind of that when you're working for that head coach, how did that look for you? How did that feel for you at the time when you were working in that environment? Um, it was boring, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I think I think in a word, it was it was boring. I'm somebody. I think it depends on every, every individual as well. So for me, I'm so passionate. I'm so excited about all the different challenges that come across it. You know, managing all these different players um, and, and building relationships, motivating players in, in difficult scenarios, um, you know, uh, planning your, your tactics and your lineups and what when to be consistent and what to adapt. For me, I'm so, so passionate about the game and, and coaching. So... If, if I'm just turning up and moving cones about finding out what's going on, I'm not getting any of those positive experiences for me. So the only thing then is, okay, am I learning from this head coach? And if I'm being honest, I wasn't. You know, if I just turn up to a Pep Guardiola session and have no part, I'm still going to enjoy it because I'm going to learn from the master. But this guy, I wasn't learning from him. So yeah. it, it just wasn't, um, I actually left after a couple of months because I thought there's no development here. There's no enjoyment here. I'm not really contributing to the team because I'm just finding out what's going on with the players. Yeah. So, I mean, I did speak to the coach initially and try and fix it, but it just wasn't, um, he just wasn't, um, well, I, it just wasn't a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe for like a lead coach who's unaware of that, but then they have an assistant. Either. So this lead coach, he's basically taking all sessions, doing everything. Assistant is like we said, balls with corns, not doing a lot. Is there any advice or kind of techniques for that assistant to almost add value to their own work? So, can they work mm. in a way? Yes, they might not be with the lead coach, but there's certain things they could pick up or, or do within the session. Um, well, if, if you're if you're they're finding things. Well, I think I think the best thing that you can do as an assistant coach is build relationships with individuals. Um, sometimes, I mean, every head coach is going to have those players he gets along with more than others as well. Um, it's just natural. It's easier to build a connection with others. So as, a, as an assistant coach, you can build a connection with the ones that the head coach maybe struggles with. Um, give them individual advice. I think you can... I, you can sort of take a little autonomy from the situation where, okay, I'm going to focus on the, the technical details. I'm going to coach this guy, that guy. If the head coach is working on, um, you know, um, some, some attacking work, yeah. you can then work with the defensive team. Actually, let's try this, let's try that. So you can you can take as, mu as much as you can from that. Uh, but it, it depends on you. You know, some, some, some coaches are happy with that. Some coaches um, just want to be in that footballing environment, that's enough for them, you know. For me, I want to be 
I want to be focused on something actively work contributing at all times. I don't want to just sit stand there and watch a game. I want to be analyzing and trying to help players and struggle. So so that's that's me. I would I could never be that assistant coach that just doesn't has no part in the planning. Yeah. No, it's it's, an, it's like I say, it's an interesting concept because again, it's it's roles myself and all the coaches would have been kind of caught in. It's almost like where do I add value? Mm. Does the does the lead coach add value to what I'm I'm doing? And because again, going back, like I said, you you speak quite a lot of, about five minutes ago around with your assistant involving them in everything. Mm. How do you manage that in regards to time? Because I can imagine once you start chatting about ideas and brainstorming and throwing stuff out, you and the assistant and you're bouncing off each other, where's mm. the time constraint? And then where do you actually go? Well, this is actually what we're going to go and go with and that final say almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you don't have a lot of time, that, that can be, um, that, that can be tricky. I think the, the more, the, the, the more constrained you are in terms of time, the more specific you have to be in your conversations. So, okay, uh, if you've got a meeting, you've got 20 minutes to plan your session together, say, okay, this is, okay, this is, okay, this is the topic we're going with. So that's set ahead of the meeting. Okay, um, what do, you, do you think we should structure like this? Do you think we should structure, how do you think we should structure it? Um, here's a few options. Um, what are the key coaching points? You know, very specific in terms of what you're going to speak about and then you've got five minutes to speak about each each question and at the other session you can you can look at that so it's just about going into it with um with an understanding of what you're trying to get out of that time I've, so I, i've in my last job you know me and my assistant coach um we'd just be for, for hours hours you know and there's debates and and that was great but in past roles uh, especially when you're working um, with volunteers you know they've got other things going on they've got maybe they've got families yeah, it's it's difficult to find that time, so it's just important that you, as much that you, that things are planned in advance. If if you know what sessions you are going to be, and that's done, then you can you at least know you you have a meeting with a very specific agenda. That's important. Yeah, no, I like that because again, it's still. I feel like you're kind of working along that spectrum of. Yes, I want to be rigid when it needs to be rigid, and we're we're going to pinpoint some things. But I really do really want to give people the opportunity to have a voice. Which again, I could. Does that relay in your coaching practice? Would you say? Yeah. Um, well, I say it, it relays in the planning. Yeah. Mainly. So we're all we're always each coach has a role all the time whether it's a lead or assisting in practice, whether it's to manage different teams, manage different groups. Um, we, we always have roles, no coaches ever, just kind of hanging about the side, moving cones around. What, and kind of, so again, what, what kind of things would you plan for with your assistant in terms of their role? So I think this is a really interesting topic around you'll plan your session and it'll be on like, there's a technical detail, we're going to go technique, skill, game, passing drill into 1v1s into a game or... <clears throat> as simple as it could be <clears throat> what does then the planning look like for you and your assistant so um, we've done a little piece on this around 10 to 12 different kind of roles a coach can take up within the session down to like the real details of how quick does the assistant coach feed the balls in 
and then from, from what uh, yeah and then from kind of what position uh, yeah. it's a big one like you said I've worked in the past with like MDT groups where we've got six or seven staff on the pitch which is brilliant because you can you can plan it but it can almost ruin your session if you get it wrong as well um, so what kind of little again tasks jobs ideas would you give to your assistant going around a, a typical yeah. session well I always plan every coach's role in the session um, oh so if you have multiple coaches okay so either a lead one's leading one's working with a specific group one's working with a specific player maybe or a coach coaching opposing teams or um you know, it could be um, yeah, take splitting the splitting them into groups, away or together. Um, so so everybody has their role. Everybody knows what they should be focusing on, um, and then and then you've got to think about how that sort of um, interacts with each other. So if you're working, say, an in possession team and an out of possession team, each have a coach leading them. You need to make sure that the challenges that the way that one's playing is challenging the other in the right way. So if you're working on playing out from the back, you want to make sure that okay that your team's playing out from the back has has the right level of challenge and the right level of success. So you know okay if it if it's if they're struggling that much against the press, okay can my can the assistant coach for example work that's working with the our possession team can he change it to make it a bit harder for his team or to make it a bit easier? You know if um you know if we're let's say let's say we're finding it easy to progress through the middle or to progress that wide how can he adapt to the challenges at the right at the right level so um just different different scenarios that may come up um just making sure that the key outcomes of the drill and the session are being met yeah i really like like i said you're really thoughtful around how you how you plan for a kind of every eventuality um yeah, well, is there any the more, go on. The more ta- luxury of time that you have to plan, yeah the more the more you can uh, you can work well together. So that's that's always the best thing. If you've got that time and particularly if you enjoy working with your assistant coach, it's not gonna feel like work. It's, it's gonna yeah. be a nice conversation. So the more time you can put into it, the yeah, the better it will be. But I understand not everybody has that has that time. But like you said, I think uh, I think it's, it's really undervalued if you're almost you've got a friendship with them coaches off the pitch. So almost like they're your kind of social group on a night out or I remember working with a group of staff in the foundation phase years ago where I went from being one of the foundation phase coaches to then being the lead of the foundation phase and it was basically all my mates at the same age as me but because we would go to a pub quiz on a a Wednesday night or we would go if it was a a night out we were actually out together because we were friends just through past histories and, and knowing each other naturally them them things kind of like you said you get more kind of value for your coaching in regards to the relationships you've got on the pitch and yeah. everyone's kind of looking out for each other and it's, it was a real nice kind of environment that again it probably never happened again in in my career as a coach because of it was just like six or seven really good lads yeah. that knew each other um it was really just like you said the the players the players kind of warmed to it the parents of them players knew exactly what they were getting because like I said it was almost seamless how it worked throughout from under eight all the way through to under twelves and it wasn't so much through planning meetings structured in an MDT meeting. It was more sat having a beer or 
Mm. And it's something, again, I think some some people and some coaches maybe kind of really undervalue that. I think it's like just that yeah. little bit of you finish a coaching session one night and you you just say to your assistant, Do you know, let's go and get some food. It's mm. <laughs> it's really, really valuable time, yeah. I think. Same, so same. I imagine... I imagine you spent a lot of time discussing your coaching. Exactly. It's, it's, in a, it's like a safer environment as well. Like sometimes yeah. in a meeting, it's more like I, I've been chatting the last couple of months around kind of trying to develop like an innovation meeting every eight weeks within within a club where you sit down and you throw ideas out. But how do you know every eight weeks someone's going to have a new idea? It's... Mm. How do you make that happen more naturally? And again, is that in a, like yeah. I said, a more social and informal kind of environment? Yeah. And it's a real balance between two. Because I was very much, I'd say, in my early coaching years, 21, 22, was I'd sit, plan my session on my own. This yeah. is how I'm doing it. And like not letting anyone in. Whereas I feel like I've really kind of similar to kind of your, your routine at the minute of really trying to get everyone around it and involved in it. But then again, my... Yeah. My the next part is the the time constraints. How do you then pull it all back in and go right? We're ready to go with yeah. this. I would imagine all of those that time you spent discussing football for you was also your fun time. It was it wasn't like a meeting. It was yeah. You were getting your it, it didn't you know that was your social time away from work and family yeah. and stuff. But at the same time, you were being productive and contributing to towards your um your football. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a really interesting period to like reflect back on, and um, just kind of going towards kind of a bit of a conclusion. But mm-hmm. is there anyone? It might be on your B license. It might be something recent. Is anyone you've seen work as a pair? Um, and it might not even be on the coaching field. It might be a different sport or a different industry. But if you have, is there anything that you or a pair that you've seen work really well together and thought I want to kind of take that or delve a little bit more into it? Honestly, I'm terrible at being put on the spot. Uh, and I think I, I tried thinking of this actually before. Um, because um, again, I, I you, you look you look at like a Jurgen Klopp, don't you? And he um, looks like he empowers his staff, doesn't it? Um, in the way he kind of embraces him at times. But again, was there might be something on, I don't know, like your B license or a course where you've seen something really good? Oh, honestly, I. I uh, I can't think of any. Uh, I'll probably just not come across a lot of growing yeah. examples. No, no, that's fine. Maybe to throw is really interesting, kind of just from a personal point of view. I did some like CPD four or five years ago and it was linked into session planning. And I thought, yeah. where can where can I kind of go, which will be a little bit outside the box but might give me something to kind of grab a hold of and I actually went to see one of the biggest like architect firms within like the northwest mm-hmm. it's really interesting going and seeing how again you talk about delegation and trust and putting your ego to one side and how you've got five or six of the best building designs and architects in the country putting to together ideas for one one building or one room and how that's kind of someone will actually step aside and go no you've got a better idea and and again just having almost like a step-by-step approach to coaching which again I think that was the, the thing where it differed 
Whereas for me, I was like, you're building a building. Like you put the foundations in, you do this, you do this, you do this. Whereas, yes, you put a lot of foundation work in with players, but I still think you're very much up and down and up and down in terms of development. Whereas a building, like you said, the more bricks you put on, it just gets bigger and bigger until it's, it's finished. But the actual delegation and trust around so many people working on this project, but like giving autonomy and doing it on their own for it to actually be finished. And you think it's really interesting to look at. And it's made me kind of kind of think outside the box around CPD and, and where to go with with different ideas around different concepts of coaching, whether it's session planning, whether it's session design, whether it's dealing with individuals, managing behaviour. I think there's there's so much more out there we can we can go and get a hold of. You know what I find uh, really interesting is is military strategy. Um, and I remember hearing about um, Genghis Khan. He would when when there was a a sort of on a mission, whatever he would he would have teams of twenty. And he would give the leader of that that group the, the objective, and you're completely free in how you go about that. Yeah. But the the so the, the tactics everybody. So when I think of the difference between strategy and tactics, the strategy is what you're trying to accomplish, and and the tactics is how you're going to accomplish that. So everybody understood the strategy, but was given freedom on the tactics, and because of that, they were able to improvise, but remaining working towards the shared strategy. So they never improvised in a way that ruined the strategy for someone else. So yeah, I think I think um I think given an understanding of what, what you're working towards, giving people freedom only encourages creativity. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And just uh, just to wrap up maybe again put you on the spot again, Yaf, but in two words, how would you describe kind of the perfect relationship between a lead coach and an assistant coach? Mm. It's a tough one. I'll do it in 20 words. <laughs> uh, uh, I'd probably say shared vision. That's probably it. I think um, a, a clear understanding of what you're working towards, what you're trying to accomplish. That shared vision um, is, is 75% of the job, I'd say. That's brilliant. Cheers for your time, yes.